This week on the Push Overloads podcast, we take a couple of topics from our Facebook group. Keeping your progressive overload ticking over and intuitive eating versus macro tracking. Then we got Dan and Tom's top five and stupid things. intuitive Dan. Hey guys welcome to the Push Pull Legs podcast with myself Damik and me Tom Hall. How are we doing Dan? All right? Yeah mate not too bad not too bad sort of recovering from our our marathon episode with Tony Gentlecore the other week. <laughs> how how much we prepped that we actually haven't recorded in two weeks? Um, well yeah we split into two podcasts as well so it was just like oh, I've got a week off recording. Like, <laughs> we have to drum up some content now rather than just like come up with it on the on the evening so yeah. yeah. Which has been good. Which good. Is, which uh, I mean, everybody that knows that there is the listener community out there, which is uh, is going all right. Actually, it's not too bad. It's not as taxing as I thought it'd be. It's there's a, a it's kind of a legitimate thing for just stupid things, content, anything you want to share, which is going all right. It's doing well. It's doing well. Don't yeah, it? it's nice to see people interacting, um, which is good. Um, and yeah, it has been. Uh, a place for, for people to share, like you say, stupid things on the internet and just to generally, uh, you know, questions they might have about their own training or nutrition, just and, and other people seem to be hot on being able to answer it, which is um, pretty cool. Um, but yeah, we also got good feedback from, from um, Tony's podcast and seems like a lot of people took a lot from it and, and that sort of stuff. So that's really good because, um, yeah, he knows his, he knows his shit. Yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a big dog, big dog in the industry as far as we're concerned. He's been around for, what, 20 years, 15 years maybe. Something, 15 Doing, maybe. Yeah, 15 years. Worked with some awesome guys, presented at some awesome places. And yeah, was, I think he was actually pretty happy because he had he was having his baby, wasn't he? And he had no social media content to come out. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, yeah. oh yeah, I did another one, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's actually, but yeah, you know, Tom, in, in 10 years' time, mate, we'll be there. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. We'll be years. asked to go on podcasts, you know? You never know. <laughs> Just create your own. It's great. Then you can just yeah, just create your own. own. <laughs> just create your own and talk shit. It's even easier. <laughs> Right, um, and yeah, we're literally, thanks for any reviews, Dan, we did, we did post out that, but um, yeah, we're literally climbing those charts on just listenership alone, which is amazing, and that's the health well, charts, yeah. that's not even the fitness ones, like the health ones, as you can see, we've got a load of basically just all sex and kind of weird nutrition podcasts, no fitness in there really, just, yeah, like, there's meditating ones above us, what the fuck? Like, I do like a good meditate, meditating um, session. <laughs> yeah, all that kind of stuff. And then the guaranteed... Well, nobody actually... No, I did say that I, I want to be above one podcast, but can we guess which one? It wasn't on the screen. You went for Barbell Shrugged because I actually listened to them. And we're above them anyway, so... Okay. Uh, um, I know. can't believe it. <laughs> they're pretty yeah. big. Um, yeah, but... Yeah, of course it's... Of course we need a few more reviews until we beat the one we want to beat. Yeah, yeah. exactly. We know, we know which one's out there. We know who it is. Comment, yeah. comment on it. If you exactly. Like. <laughs> um, yeah, so what are we talking about today, Daniel? I've written it down. Well, we're going to talk about um, training progression and progressive overload, um, but not just in terms of weight on the bar, potentially. Um, and then we're going to talk about um, intuitive eating versus tracking your intake, I guess, or like having some kind of targets to hit. Um and I put out a post on my Facebook on Sunday evening, which I think kind of sums up my view of it quite well. Um, but we'll talk about it in a bit more depth after we've talked about training. And then stupid things on the internet this week is um, just the general Facebook comments on anything to do with Joe Wicks <laughs> has been like unbelievable. So we're going to delve into like some particular favorites that we uh, that we yeah. managed to find. Um, or, or just not even find like they're, just, they're largely in my brain like i remembered them like i don't need to write them down no i mean i mean, I mean you went on the uh yeah on the joe wicks bandwagon i went after a, a mr naudi aguilar on when uh <laughs> on that one split so, yeah, the training I, and, oh, yeah God, just... our stupid things is going to be talking about just just what has happened in 2017 to people like what is it going <laughs> it's, it's like the walking dead out there yeah. it's like they've just come from somewhere unbelievable anyway <laughs> Let's right, crack on. So let's, let's, talk let's, about let's talk about some training. Let's do. We're we're apparently the number one. Well, we are now the one number one uh, infotainment podcast about fitness and nutrition. Um, called out hashtag. hashtag. Right. <laughs> uh, we'll, well, yeah, we'll try that hashtag. Right. So, how to achieve progressive over progressive overload? 
um, I guess, past the first few weeks of training yeah. or of a new plan. Yeah, so, so we had got asked the question, I think it was by Nia, um, over in the States. So shout out to you. But I guess as writing a program, um, we both write programs fairly frequently, um, I hope for our clients. But the first couple of weeks, progressive overload is very easy because maybe there's like new exercises, there's new things you're doing, there's new rep schemes, all this kind of stuff you're doing. Um, and essentially the first week, I sometimes treat it as a test week anyway because you're testing the movement, testing the loading. Maybe there's something you haven't done for a while mm. or whatever. Um, you won't really know what you're doing. Um, so how we're going to achieve that after, say, three weeks on the same plan, believe it or not, if we're not, if not, Andrew Casey Johnston, we do stick on the same plan for maybe eight weeks or 12 weeks or something like that. It doesn't, mm. doesn't channel and change that much or same exercises to stay in. Yeah, I think it's, it's something that I think crops up a lot in that people just assume that they have to always increase the weight on the bar. And um, I'll go into a little bit of what we're kind of, we kind of do with our strength numbers and like how how we programmed it for the next 12 weeks so we start on monday i've just had a deal week so we start on monday so i'll chat about um about that but essentially yeah it's this, it's this kind of fallacy that unless you're adding weight to the bar each week or each month of your training you're some, in some way failing um or that you're not progressively overloading your body um and i think that nowadays it t- tends to be less um prevalent in the industry that people are worrying about the numbers going up all the time and and since the the concept of volume load and since the concept of of understanding daily undulating periodization and things like that we know that you can progress in other ways yeah um so one way that that we do it um uh, sort of i guess more hypertrophy based training rather than strength based is we do look at overall volume load so for us it's a case of right you know with our strength, we kind of follow a, a very simple five-three-one template for our numbers. Um, so week one to three, we set out our weights for our squat, deadlift, and bench. Um, but then weeks five to eight and weeks nine to twelve, we don't change the weight. We just try and hit more reps than we did the first cycle. So if we squatted one forty for ten on the first week, uh, and then on week. Four, five it will be that we did 140 for 12 reps or 13 reps that's progressive overload like there's no weight change on the bar but we've done more reps so we are therefore progressively overloading our squat um and and it's the same on all the accessory movements as well um so for example we might say have three sets just a really ballpark figure three sets of 10 50 kilos then i go 60 kilos on my next set and actually it was a real grind and i'd be better off doing 55 i might go 50 60 55 if the week after i do 55 60 55 i've progressively overloaded yeah i've not hit my max my max is still the same i've still done 60 as a max for 10 but the first set i did five kilos more for 10 reps so that's an extra 50 kilos on volume load likewise the week after i might go I might even go back and go, right, I'm going to do, I might go back and do 50, but then do 60 and then 60. And for me, that's, that's an improvement because I've managed to set the week 55, 60, 60. So if you look back over it, yeah, I've not hit a, a new max weight, but the fact that I managed to sustain it for longer or more reps or more sets shows that I am progressively overloading. Um, and if you apply that to all your exercises, um, you'll start noticing that if you worked out your volume load each session on mainly compound lifts, not isolation lifts, they're very different in their in their in nature. But in compound lifts, if you calculated that over 12, 16, 20 weeks, assuming you don't program hop all the time, you will actually see that more often than not, you will be progressively overloading each week or each month, um, even if you don't set the world alight by increasing the weight on the bar all the time. Um, that's my view, Tom. It's perfectly great view, mate. Absolutely fine. Thanks, mate. That's the best <laughs> thing you've ever said to me. That's like the nicest thing you've ever said, ever. For, for training, for periodization and programming, yeah, Dan's great here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I, there's not not one thing I disagree with there, Daniel. Um, so, yeah, First pretty much the, uh, <laughs> the volume load is, I hope people are starting to get hold of that idea. I know um, one guy i train vj is is constantly thinking about 
um, the accessory movements and trying to up- increase them. And to be honest, when I write people's programs, I'm not I'm not that fussed. Well, I'm mainly tracking the the top three um, exercises within that session, especially when like I've got some of them like five six times a week training. And the fact is that you're hitting it little and often. I know that's an equate to a hell of a lot of load. Um, so I think the biggest way is to, to split these up and work out where you need to kind of problem solve is do a little needs analysis on what you're trying to do and where you are. So in terms of how far along your training age is, is you can pick how you're going to basically go through your periodization. So me and Dan have probably been training pretty well hard for maybe three years, four years. That's generous. <laughs> two, two years two years maybe <laughs> um, yeah so we're borderline into like an intermediate lifter to be honest we know our stuff but training age is like we're, we're a two year old like yeah I think train. I think <clears throat> train. I've, I've had this conversation before about training age and like if I'm again brutally honest with myself yeah I've been lifting weights yeah. for say four years but actually if I'm really honest about how hard I've been training and the intensity that I now train at I would I would be very harsh on myself and say that really I've only been training properly for if I'm if I'm rounding it up two years. <clears throat> yeah, um, some of the stuff we were doing before we were hopping around, didn't know what goals we were doing, all that kind of stuff. And you're not with all the stuff, all the kind of knowledge we've gained over the last couple of years has been invaluable. And just actually doing some of the basic movements. If you if you can sit down to yourself and say that you have been training hard as nails for five years, then you're beginning to get your medium to advanced lifting. If you can't say that, then the chances are the accessory movements and everything that you're putting through, you just need to get under a barbell and do a hell of a lot of it, which is yeah. what exactly what I found is I've, I've gotten a hell of a lot bigger, even though I'm doing powerlifting training. Um, yeah, it's because how much you eat, mate. Yeah. But <laughs> I think it's just, I think it's, it's just, for me as well, I don't regret the way I've done it because... I did. We spent. We we both did it together when we were training together for like a year, probably. Is that we both spent a good amount of time doing strength training, then Olympic lifting, then the hypertrophy kind of bodybuilding style training. And I think that by doing that, we found the one that we've gravitated towards and preferred, and that's fine. And that's the best way to do it. Like I wouldn't want to have just been narrow-minded from the start and be like, right, no, this is all I'm doing, and not have experienced it because when it came to Olympic lifting, like we actually were not too bad. It just, for me, I didn't enjoy it enough. and didn't see the progress in my physique enough that I wanted to carry on with it. Yeah. Um, it was so fatiguing, very, very difficult, very skill orientated rather than maybe a bit more just kind of getting in and doing the work. Um, so I think from that point of view, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's been a bad thing, but it's just that for now, for me is that I've really been, I found what I want to do and I've learned as much as I can about it. Um, from the people that I want to learn from and I'm now training with people that push me as hard as possible in that chosen field so for me it's like yeah year and a half maybe I've been doing it for Um, and this is my first full off season doing it so like I'm really excited to see where this time next year when I start prepping again is like where am I going to be because without (laughs) obviously being humble about it is I but I now know so much more than I ever have done about this topic so it's kind of exciting to think right i now know what i'm doing rather than before maybe when i tried it i was like oh yeah like three sets of ten like it's just carry on and do it and i now know that that's three sets of ten is very different if you attack it <laughs> with a different yeah. mentality um for sure so yeah i think i think it's also important that you do we always joke about program hopping but i do think it's important that you do try out these things before you settle on maybe what you really want to do so we now border on hypertrophy and a bit of strength because that obviously benefits it but we don't do any olympic lifting we don't do any kind of power-based work um whereas i know tom you do bits and bobs of higher speed kind of power not not like lifting yeah so in terms of speed work it'll come in every now and again for literally i mean it's different to athletic speed as well so dropping down rabbit holes in terms of athletic speed you're looking at about 30 to 35 40 percent of a like a one rm which you get underneath that and you're like that moves unbelievably quickly. You only going to do like six reps of it as well, because but you're just doing mm. force generation and tendon loading, and that's it. Um, but yeah, some of the other stuff were like for speed, you might go up to like 50, 60 percent, but you're still trying to move the bar as quickly as possible. But you're looking for that speed of contraction, not speed of bar path. Um, mm. So it's a little bit different. But I guess so. Full circle back into it. So with like the the biggest key areas when you're looking down at your program 
should be all right what is my training age cool Right. If it's, I think if it's still like what we're doing, I still think we we circle around block periodizations in terms of for like you were saying, <clears throat> your week eight to twelve or whatever, you're not moving like your uh, your strength at all. You're not moving your load, so your load stays static. So the first one to set, if you're splitting it into twelve weeks, say the first one to six, you're trying to add a little bit of load, so total load that's volume load onto each a kind of um, I guess even for the first three lifts in your like uh, in your workouts. So if, if your back squat, you had five sets of sixes, um, then you're gonna try and hit a little bit more load throughout the whole of those sets every single week, and then pause at week six, and then you're just gonna try and hit a little bit more reps at the at the weight you ended up at, basically on that week six. I think that is probably. I'm going to say for about 75 to 80% of the people out there, that is probably the how you should look at your training. And that is very, very, very achievable to actually make sure you're making progress and not get too bogged down if you don't as well. Because as soon as I think some people are like, oh shit, I've only like I gained one rep that week. Dude, give a shit. That's, you've gained one rep. You've gained mm. a rep. That's great. As far as I'm concerned, as soon as your training age starts to go up, the harder it is to make gains. It just mm. gets tougher and tougher and tougher, but we strive towards it. So for newbies, it might be from week to week. From For us, it might be from month to month, and then it will go from kind of year to year. So it's, it, yeah, just, I, it prolongs I, the, the period a lot. If so. people worry, people worry so much about the number that they're lifting, um, and unless you're a power lifter, it actually doesn't really matter. matter. Like yeah. if my squat's one ten or one twenty, doesn't matter. It's, and most people listening, I'm guessing, and most of people's trainers' clients, they care about how they look. Like first and foremost, as long as they're getting stronger, <laughs> I don't think it matters what rep range that strength is in, whether it's the you know, you're getting stronger in the 10 rep range or five rep range. They're getting stronger and they're getting the benefit of that on their joints, their musculoskeletal system, everything. Like that's that's the, the, the point of it. But I would hypothesize that if someone started this year, 2017, back squatting 100 kilos for five sets of five, if they ended the year squatting 100 kilos for five sets of 10, just thinking each each week they were training, each month they were training, right, instead of doing five, five, I'm going to do five, I'm going to do five, four fives, and then one six. Like if they just went like that, you know, and like you said, if they just did that all year and got up to five tens and then retested their one rep max, it'd be, you'd be frightened at how much you'd gain in a year on your rep max, just from training in that rep range. Um, and, and, and again, so people always assume that the, the, over, the, the total weight, the overall first one rep max weight is the most important. But if you can do that one rep max for 10 reps, like you've got, so much stronger yeah, for um, sure. you don't have to like progressive overload isn't the weight number it's the weight and the rep number that's the the key we're trying to stress here is that don't stress about the sole weight being the sole indicator of your progress and then if you're that concerned about it get a coach and they worry about yep. it for you um yeah. <laughs> and just, why just, up, just before before we go on to the next bit one of my clients actually sent me through his total volume load for each month he's been with me as a mm. as a client and i don't actually um like massively periodize his training because he has a few injuries and each month we always regulate it based on how he's feeling but he sent it through to me his graphs of his total sets performed like and that includes isolation and compound lifts combined so it is a bit of a rough number but it just went up like from when he started to now um, and he's losing weight and he's feeling good. He's feeling strong. But over that time period, his, his, his rep max may not have gone up hugely, but he's now doing double the amount of sets in each session he's doing than he did at the start. So he is stronger. That's progressive overload. Whether he even tracks, like you say, the number of reps in those sets or the weight lifted on those, on those sets and reps, the fact that he's doing double the amount of volume in a session now just shows you that he's stronger, he's fitter, he's more conditioned because otherwise he wouldn't be able to do it. Um, so don't always think about you know those 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 very specific markers. You can look at cruder markers and go right. If I, if you're now training five times a week and you were training three times a week and you don't feel negative effects of it and you're you're feeling stronger and fitter, that's progressive overload. Like you've got better at what you're doing, you've got stronger. So don't even worry sometimes about the very minute details. Look at the overall picture. Um, if you're now squatting three times a week and before you've only ever squatted once a week, you're probably getting stronger. 
because you can squat more often. Um, your body's more resilient, stronger joints, that kind of thing. And, and people sometimes, like I say, get bogged down in the, the minutia detail of yeah. my, my squat's 115, not 110. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> really? And then what? I'm, I'm talking from experience because I'm weak as piss. So it's <laughs> fine. And then, like, so you can take it to a, like, even more of a detail. So the when you're tracking volume loads, you should keep it as uh, a parameter of how hard those sessions should be. Um, so you can actually go, all right, I'm then going to be lifting this much over this session for how many reps or whatever. And you should yeah. be able to gauge of how hard that session should be. And if you're tracking athletes, it's something called volume index, which is a bit nerdy, um, where you actually take their uh, their weight into account. So you're making sure athletes are working at the same kind of intensity across the board, because obviously if you, if you've got a load of people, so I guess this could be part of like a group training thing. I'm sure this never happens in group training at classes, apart from it should happen at like maybe NFL level. So when guys are maybe in a group like wide receivers and there's like probably like 80 kilo guys up to 100 kilo guys, but you've got to make sure they're all going to be working to their full capacity. You need to track their volume load against their volume index, which is like their weight divided by the power of 0.67 against their load. Um, and then, yeah, down to face. It's great. Um, and then you can work out what intensity and you can measure up against each athlete and see whether they're working hard or not. See that'd be a cool thing to go into, Daniel. But mm. I'm sure. Maybe yeah, cool. I mean that sounds that sounds <laughs> real geeky. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when I first looked at some of the papers, I was no surprise. I was looking at it with Will Downing, um, seeing if we can apply it to our uh, <laughs> our clients. I was like, it's got zero application in this gym. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was like, absolutely not. But yeah, I, I would assume that if you've got a large group and you're working like out in the states, that that should be taken into consideration, because then we see that at Oregon. Um, he posted actually about that in the group that one guy got fired for giving oh my god giving Rab- guys rhabdo fucking hell apparently some of the some of the sessions con- consisted of like press ups for one hour like just do as many as you can go I mean the guys I the mean that's just clearly a fucking idiot and that's at the highest level literally for me you know NFL conditioning I'd argue is probably like the, the creme that's, de la creme of like that, this, this like, sport yeah they're, they're that the the college some of the college S and C guys get paid a shit ton. We're talking like hundreds of thousands of dollars to do their S and C gig at Oregon as well. They're a fucking they're they're a Division One team. Like mm. fucking hell, that's crazy. Go if you train that hard to get rabdo. Woo! Yes, and not only that, not, <laughs> only, not only that. So like I, again. Like Joe probably getting rabdo, right? Probably yeah, an hour press ups. But these are professional athletes. <laughs> yeah. Like, like these guys are used to do. a battering, and <laughs> they've gone to that level. Of, oh, I was just like, I read that, and I really did feel like, oh my god, everything in elite sport is so backwards. Like um, at some <laughs> level, you know, it's just odd. It just baffles me. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. progressive overload. Come talk to us. But hopefully that sheds some light on it. Keep adding reps. Keep having load. Don't get bogged down. If you're not moving, deload for fuck's sake, and then go again. Cool? Cool. <laughs> and there. Thank you. All right, let's, uh, let's move straight in. So that was, yeah. that was one list of questions, essentially, and we're, we're covering two topics, basically. Um, that was a bit of training talk. Dan went off on one, cleared some stuff up. Um, <laughs> right, uh, then now we're going to go into really, really, this is my topic. So intuitive eating and tracking calories. Mm. So I intuitively eat a hell of a lot. So what's <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So this is always a great argument, um, and it's it, it it's very individual to each person. That kind of blah 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 blah, blah you know all that. <laughs> but I think it's important that we do give like an overall view of of, of the situation. And I want to um, quote. I, I wrote a um, I wrote a Facebook post on Sunday evening. And I want to I want to read it out because this for me is like one of the best quotes I've ever had in my life. All right, yeah. So, I, want, I, want, I want to see this on a wall somewhere. So we'll, whoever does, I swear, there's some people that we follow on Instagram who do the little quotations just in there. I want this to be like reposted out. Can we have that? Yeah, yeah. Add it as like on the bottom of yeah, our pictures. Look, um, it. <laughs> so it's 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 this, and and I and I took a bit of time to to write it down and make it all sound fancy, obviously. But I think the point is very very valid. Um, and it's this. 
The notion that people trying to lose body fat shouldn't measure their food intake in some way is based on the incorrect assumption that those people are acutely aware of the calorie content of their meals and how it affects their body composition. I need a round of applause right there. Please, what, a, come on. what a banger, uh, eh? Jesus. So, but no, but I, I, was, I, was, I was having this, this, I was just sitting there thinking about intuitive eating, funnily enough, and it was about this whole, and I think I must have been watching TV, it must have been on the background, something like that. And it was like, oh yeah, you just need to eat a bit healthier. And I was just like, that is the most bullshit thing you can say to someone. It's just like, <laughs> oh my God. Uh, like, how's that been working out for the whole country in the last 20 years? Really, really well. And, um, and I, I get it all the time. I get people constantly come back with, and they, they call it banter or, you know, they're, they're people that I know of and they say, like, oh, you know, what are you measuring everything you eat for? Why do you weigh everything out? Why do you do all this? And I'm just like, look at yourself. You've never been in shape. Like, don't come and argue at me and tell me that you, I'm doing it wrong, right? But, and it, and it kind of made me think about this and it made me think about, right, and Eric Helms, who, like you're right, has talked about intuitive eating a fair bit and, and we'll get on to like at what level I think it becomes useful. Um, where he was just like, he was tracking macros and he was like, what was the point of tracking them? I wasn't competing for a few years. Like I was new where my weight was at. I was in a solid and off season. It's fine. That's a totally different scenario. But for most people, the general public, if you went out with a plate of food and you shoved it in their face and go, how many calories on this plate? How many calories on this plate? I would hazard a guess. This is just a pure guess, but I would love to do the research. And maybe one day I'll even do it for social media because I think it'd be really interesting. I would guess less than 10% of people would get within 50 to 100 calories. That would be my guess. Um, and I, and I, 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 want, I actually now I think I might actually do that. No one's still that idea. <laughs> um, but it's, it's, it's this whole concept that people slag off tracking macros or tracking your food intake. And again, I only, I would say do it the majority of the time. As long as you're doing it 80% of the time, you won't go far wrong. And the reasons for uh, are this is that people's view of food and calories is so far removed from reality that they cannot eat intuitively. They just, you can't do it. You watch the program Secret Eaters, people walking through into McDonald's, and they don't even write down a food diary. They, they swear blind they've not been in a fast food chain. They watch the video back and they can't believe it's them. Like, they just don't think about what they're doing. So, what a great so, show. So, yes. Yeah, an amazing show. For, <laughs> for anyone interested in nutrition, it's an amazing show to watch. Because, it, again, it goes into the psychology and the mentality of people who want to lose weight and can't. Um, and you know what? By tracking your food intake and by weighing it and by writing it down, when either before you've made it, after you've made it, rather than waiting hours – is actually a very, very good thing to do because you don't then forget or whatever, but it keeps you accountable and it makes you realize how much you're fucking eating. Like it does my head in when people are like, Oh yeah, tried eating a bit healthier. I'm like, what does that even mean? What if you add two avocados to your dinner, is that healthier food? Ooh, well, by definition, we're bordering most people... on the, uh, Joe Wicks band now. Um, but like by definition, by definition, I guarantee you, again, if you went out into the public, they would say that that meal has now become healthier, but it's got an excess, an excess of another 300 calories, 400 calories on top of it. So the concept that eating healthier is the new thing for this year, or like your, you know, your news resolution is to eat healthier is just ridiculous. It's like me saying, I'm going to be richer. How the fuck are you going to do it? You need to work out a plan. Like it's, it's just so stupid and oh i'm getting ranting about it now but so and the reason that i think this is really really important to talk about intuitive eating is because individual to individual and also within each individual portion sizes are, are variable like a portion for me a portion of rice for me is very very different to a portion of rice for tom but not only that a portion of rice to me based on the the time of the season i'm in is different to tom a portion size for me of rice in the summer would be very different to a portion size in the winter, just based on the fact that the heat outside can make me not be as hungry. Like there's, it, it happens in the summer. People don't eat as much because they drink more. So they drink more calories. So they still get fat, but they don't eat as much. So again, portion sizes change size based on the time of the year, um, based on the, the status of your diet currently if you're in a deficit or a surplus rice for me is a whole bag of it boiling the bag of rice 100 grams of carbs that's a portion size but for me in a year's time when i come to prep that will be two portion sizes so what is a portion like how do you even measure that like you need to have your own way of measuring it um and my whole thing behind it is if intuitive eating is so good why the fuck is the whole country obese 
because if you if you eat well pretty much you know, <laughs> but if you if you eat intuitively you get fat pretty much like like you said tom like i intuitively eat a lot like yeah, yeah. i'm i'm greedy i eat a lot of food like <laughs> in my off season i still have to track because if i don't i eat off off my numbers like because intuitively i under eat i've still got 900 calories left to eat today like because i'm not someone who sits there and shovels food in most of the day i have to make a conscious effort to go right i need to eat now before i go to bed to get the calories in so again for me that's reason i'm not as big as i could be now at this age is because i've is i've not intuitively overeaten when i've been training in the gym i've kind of not just not eaten as much Ah, breathe. So it's, <laughs> it's, and, and so hopefully people can see where I'm coming from in that it's, it's frightening to suggest to people that they just need to eat healthier, or eat more intuitively because people haven't got a clue. They do not know what's in their food, the calories, yeah. the macros. Um, and then there's a whole other argument about like whether the meals contain protein, carbs and fats and how that affects people. But even b- before that, it doesn't, it- like I think how we're going to split it up it doesn't like when you're at such a basic level and these people who, who aren't tracking fucking anything that doesn't it doesn't even come to an equation like no. the, the protein the fats and the carbs do not even doesn't they even start and then they start talking about micronutrients before anything else I was like hang on no 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 no, no. <laughs> you yeah, and, and, and it's it's just like this whole oh but it's healthier because there's green in it no like that's not how it works. Like, how many calories in it? Oh, I don't know, but it's a salad, so it must be useful. It must be good for me. Like, bullshit. Six spoonfuls of oil that were just straight on it. Just a- absolute bullshit. <laughs> oh, but it's got it's got pine nuts, it's got cashew nuts, it's got almonds in it, it's got walnuts, it's got feta. I'm like, fucking hell, that sounds like my fats for the whole day, and I'm on 100 grams. Like, <laughs> you can't eat that. Um, and yeah, it's just this whole... And we've seen it with PT clients, right? Oh yeah, I do eat quite healthy. I do eat quite healthy. I'm like, well, I don't. I don't think you do. Oh, but I don't <laughs> eat any chocolate. I'm like, no. So? But you eat a lot of other shit that you just is full of calories. But again, chocolate's bad. Sugar's bad. All this sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, it's and 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 like someone like Eric Helms talking about it is is absolutely fine because someone like Eric who's who's bodybuilder for so long. He's so in tune with his body. For him, he knows he can eat intuitively. He's got the experience behind him. He's, he's tracked for years, so he knows a portion size for his off-season, for his in-season. And he could probably cut a plate of food and get it within 50 calories easy every time. Um, so there's also that element of experience and that, like, you know, Boxy's a great example. He can look at food and just he'll, he can track at the end of the day, even when he's dieting, deep, dark, stages of prep, four weeks to show, he can eat intuitively throughout the day, track it all in the evening, and be there or thereabouts on his calories. Basically, like, I couldn't do that. The shittest superpower ever. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, unless, uh, unless you're a competitive bodybuilder, <laughs> then it's <laughs> shit hot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and it, and it's and and you know me and me and Laura, um, Laura Baker, we talk about it all the time. Like I could never do that. I would crumble, and like she says the same. She would crumble, and it's 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 horses for courses kind of thing, but. At that level, with like bodybuilding and at that level, like even with you, like I would argue that you, Tom, with your goals of powerlifting, inner off season, trying to get strong, could eat intuitively because you, you eat a decent amount of food. It's not hard for you to eat. Essentially, especially for, yeah, for the powerlifting stuff, I have to stay within the realms of my weight. So I stay between, if I'm weighing an 83, I stay within two kilos, plus or minus of that the whole time is what I'm trying yeah, to so do. When, yeah, so when you get to 85 kilos, you just go, and I'm like, hmm, oh, I'll track. Probably. Yeah. Probably shouldn't have these two portions of chips in this burger. I, should have like, <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't have that milkshake. I should just have the Diet Coke. I, and that's, again, being intuitive of what you're doing. But, but it's loose. everyday Joe Public can't, they're not at that level where they understand like that. that it's not that you've got two portions of chips. It's the chips. It's yeah. not like the two portions or the milkshake. It's, oh, it's, it's the milk and it's the chips and it's the carbs. That's what's doing it for me. No, you're just greedy. You eat a lot of food, like cut back. But again, saying that to someone is kind of useless because you have no idea what a portion size is to them or you know do they know how many how many fats are in an avocado how much how many calories that is if they sub out that one portion of chips for an avocado they're probably nowhere better like in terms of their calories so i think as, as a full circle i think yeah 90 percent of the population uh are need to track if they want to lose weight for sure but i'd say 100 percent of the population actually fuck it um and then you, you start going full circle like there Eric Helms kind of wheel diagram that you put out was like you don't track at all 
is right at the top. And then you start to track just calories. This is just adherence. Mm. And then you start to track protein with calories. And then that sorts out macros. And then you kind of, at this point, we, we start to learn what is in all our foods and our portion sizes. But that might take three, four years. Like you're still doing it now, Dan. Yeah. You, you say you, you, yeah. can't, you can't do like 50, between 50 and 100 calories at every single meal. They're like, all right, well, not at that level. It might take 10 years to do. And then you start going, actually, I don't need to. Like off season for me, I just sometimes just track protein and keep within a ballpark of calories. Don't yep. really it doesn't matter because I just got to, at the end of the day my my competition weight is a weight on a scale. I've got to adhere to the scale, not mm-hmm. to my calorie count. And then you mm. come full circle, like Eric Helms and Boxy can literally keep to their calorie count, and they don't have to track anything. So it's kind of a full circle of learning, but you're learning yep. about food the whole time. Which brings us on to Dan. I actually sent you a picture the other like. Was it about a couple of weeks ago? It was pretty sexy. Um... Well, hang on, not one of <laughs> Whoa, whoa, whoa flip back. Talk yeah. about that. We don't talk about that on the podcast, mate. <laughs> uh, no, so it was in an unnamed gym. Um, meaning we're not going to. It was the gym was named, but we're just not going to name it. Um, it was uh, about food cravings, and it just oh, it got me God, it got me, oh, got me thinking God. about what you were just saying because of the green thing, and we haven't put it out really, have we? We I think we just giggled to ourselves about it. Um, <laughs> so. Food cravings. With an, with, well, uh, did you get the picture up or put it away? Put yeah, it away. I've got it. I've got oh, it. Put yeah, it away. That's put why it away. My, that's why my, my head is in my hand. <laughs> put it away now. Put it away. Fuck up. Right, I'll, we'll play a little game. Um, so oh. your craving is is a standard food that somebody's going to eat, and then we're going to replace it with something. Is uh, well, just to give us a give an outline. This this is from uh, stepintomygreenworld.com. Um, so hence Dan was talking about greens, and most of the the. So this is. Basically, this is information that is it, it was it was up in a gym, like on the front desk, like for people to look at, obviously, and to read and trying to take. So you just throw in the bin, <laughs> and then I, I literally was like, "Who the hell is this?" <laughs> I was like, "What does that mean?" Took a picture of it, sent it down. It was like, "What the fuck?" All right, so when you have cravings for food, what you should eat instead. This is for general Joe blogs, and hence why we should track food. Okay, so your craving chocolate. Apparently, what you need is magnesium. What should you eat instead, Dan? Chocolate. <laughs> no! Nuts, seeds, veggies, fruits. Oh, fuck. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah so, right. the, so, yeah, so I could eat 200, kilo, 200 calories 200 of chocolate. 200 kilos, fuck. Or, or I could eat 400 calories of nuts and fruit in a nice salad bowl, nice fruit salad. And, and, but that's better for me, yeah. And my oh. craving would have gone. Yeah, because I'd have eaten more calories. That's what I'm craving. Amazing. Right. You're craving sugary fruits. Isn't that chocolate? That's pretty sugary food. Um, apparently, hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm not craving. I can't be craving sugary food because I've just had the fruit, mate. <laughs> but no, but yeah, no. This is new category, mate. Jesus. Oh, okay. This All is right. totally new category. So yeah. it's totally new because sugary foods doesn't doesn't involve fruit. So if you're sh- craving sugary foods, you need carbs, chromium, carbon, phosphorus, sulfur, and tryptophan. There we go. <laughs> hence, hence, I don't do nutrition. Right. Mm, yeah, Rex teams, loading things, volume index, loving it. But yeah, not about this. Um, yeah, what do I need if if I want a sugary food? Carbs, I told you. Oh, so broccoli, grapes, cheese, chicken, fresh fruits, chicken, beef. Grapes, hang fish, on, grapes. Yeah, eggs, well, they're sugary food. <laughs> dairy, nuts, veggies, grains, cranberries, horseradish, cabbage, cauliflower, cheese, raisins, sweet potatoes, spinach. Well, at least they've got grains in there. Like, yeah, you know, if you if you are craving something sugary and you have like white rice or something, I'm, I'm sorry, then you might you might not have it because it's the carbs. But yeah, like, they they could have just put food in that category. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <Just> anything <laughs> eat, in the fridge that's not eat. sugary. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so you're craving bread, pasta, other carbs. So carbs. I just love um, that. I just love that they've said you're craving sugary foods and they recommended grapes. Like grapes <laughs> aren't sugary food. Like, um, if I was craving sugar, grapes would be one of my go-to things. I'd be like, give me a bunch of grapes. <laughs> so if you're, if it literally it says, if you're craving carbs, it says eat high-protein foods. That makes no sense. <laughs> and then oily foods is apparently milk. You should eat milk, cheese, and green leafy Oily vegetables. foods. If you're craving oily foods and you're going to have cheese, well, yeah, because it's got fat in it. Yeah. Um, and then it's... if you're craving salty foods... Salt. <laughs> Fatty fish, yeah. Salty fish. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 
about. And cashews and nuts, preferably probably salted peanuts, would be the ones that I would oh, go for. Right. Tom, can I, can I send you a Sauce. mock-up of my own one of those? And then, and then you put it in the gym. Source coaching and weight management. Wow. All right, that's not a, a, a source. That's that's where they got it from. Um, so yeah, that, fucking hell. So that kind of underlines that point. Hopefully, that's that's kind of the information that gets sent around in magazines and is up in some gyms. That tracking calories is needed, um, I just and, unless I you are a, a, a bodybuilder, dietitian level of being able to see food and just have some some sort of numbers just coming out of it and basically seeing the matrix, and then it's just in numbers. I, I just think my argument is, if anyone ever questioned it, if if I had a client, for example, who was like, oh, um, yeah, I don't want to track calories, though. I, my instant response, oh. without, try, without trying to sound like a douchebag, would be, how's that worked out for you so far? Mm. That, that would literally be as blunt as I'd say it. I'd be like, why, why do you want me here, then? What do you need me for? Because if you've got it nailed, you've got it sorted, mate, then like, there's no problem. Like, and I understand as well, don't get me wrong. Like, I've had clients before who literally can't do it. So I had a client once who was in the army. Um, and he had to go on visual and guess what he was eating, like uh, breakfast and lunch, because they get it all given to them, right? But he still cooked his own dinners, for example. But he would practice at his dinners, understanding the weights of foods and things like that. But I mean, he still he lost ten kilos, like he lost ten, twelve kilos, like looked great and, and really good. So again, it's not that it's not that you need to track everything. It's that you need to have some kind of measurement scale. So again, for him, it was like, right, I've got this bowl of food here. And when I've had this before, I've always had this portion. And Dan's told me to cut my calories down. And, and I know roughly as an estimate, I tracked this before as 100 grams of carbs. If I take this spoonful off and throw it in the bin, I've now got 80 grams of carbs. Like that's the point is that you've got a, some kind of measurement tool, whether it's a fist or a plate or a whatever. But the point is that people don't even do that. It's that they don't have any. And that's why I didn't put on the on the quote that's going to be all over 2017 like a <laughs> rash um i didn't put tracking macros or tracking calories because it is literally just you have to measure your food intake i don't care how you do it whether it's in cups whether it's plates whether it's your hand whatever like you just have to have some form of measurement tool what would be the weirdest um, weirdest tool to measure with keys or something like that probably keys. <laughs> how can you measure keys i'm trying to look around my room and just mm. Oh, what about a post-it note? Like, oh, I had four post-it notes of rice. <laughs> but again, even with that, though, right, you could pile it up as pile much up, as you possibly could, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. rather than spread it out. But, um, if, if, like, Russian dolls with the guys that come in, in and out, you don't know which one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which one? <laughs> um, but coming full, full circle and putting both of our topics together, just like you said, if how has that worked out for you so far? If you're not losing weight and you're not tracking food, probably shit. Vice versa. If you're not tracking your lifting, how's that worked out for you? Yeah. Fucking shit, I bet. They I just both... think, it, of course it's time consuming, but it's the reason you haven't reached your goals. It's the reason <laughs> you're struggling. It's the reason that, is that you don't know. When I say to someone, how many calories are you on? I oh, don't know. Well, then what are, you, okay. what are you even asking me if you want to lose fat? How am I going to help you? Um, I'm and not it's asking everyone to know the rep maxes, don't worry. No, but you, but again, you need to have some kind of idea of like if you if if you had a new client come to you and they had all the data from the last three months, you'd be like, wow, yeah, awesome. okay, I, I can help you. Like <laughs> I I'm going to go with what you've got. Whereas when someone comes to you and goes, right, I don't really, and you, you're going to say to them, right, for four weeks, I need to want you to track your 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 weights. Yep. Oh, do I not need to hit any new PBs? No, I no, I just want you to track your weights. And and some people feel like it's wasted, but it's like no, you're paying me to help you do this because you've not done it before. So yes, we're spending four weeks just tracking and not really hitting any targets and just getting used to the skill and learning the skill of tracking. And well, do I track isolation movements? Well, probably not. Just stick to the compound lifts. Or you know, like with me, it's like, do I track my veg? Well, don't really worry about it. Just get two portions in each meal, um, and we'll worry about the protein, carbs, and fats. It's more what's going to be important for you right now. We will get to that in the future but for now um and yeah it's it's, it's just yeah i think we made the point like, <laughs> yeah jesus all right big round cool just split this one too as well flipping out Bloody hell. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to move on to just a little, let's have a little calming topic, mate, uh, before, because that was, a, it, obviously, we're very passionate about that kind of stuff. It, it, it speaks into what we do and uh, what we're going through. But um, just on the group, um, on, whilst we were recording this, actually. Um, so this is going to be Dan and Tom's top five, because people love a list. 
Everybody loves a list. So, um, and we've done this before. They're very much in the pulley awards, and we could definitely make this in a fucking pulley. It's fine. Um, in need of some new music, Marvin Gaye's "Sexual Healing." <laughs> Came on the other day. But any recommendations to get him pumped? So, should we do our top fives? I mean, I, I literally couldn't tell you top five. Honest, Hang on, up. this is this is one of the reasons why this is this is where mine and Dan's friendship starts to fall. Um, massively, because, massively. Because, like, if, if if you looked in my room, I've got about three or four guitars here, and I I played music all my life, and Dan doesn't have a fucking music taste, and it really bothers me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I like, just don't. I'm really amazed with friends, to be honest, because that yeah. was. I, it's, it's it's something that I, I find untrustworthy is mm. not having a particular I, music taste I have a, 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 a reason no, probably a lot of people don't say it's varied but within my genre I have a varied music taste but Tom listens to that music where you, literally it's just noise it's just someone shouting at you but <laughs> like I, I would happily rather if someone said to me right you've got an hour to yourself you have no TV you have no phone what do you do I would rather sit in silence than have the music. <laughs> like, I literally would. I'd, I'd be happier sat there listening to the birds outside or just reading a book than trying to read or trying to do anything with You'd music in the background. Listening to our you... podcast, Dan. Well, obviously, yeah. <laughs> um, the only music I tell you what, if, if someone was to say to me, "What music do you listen to the most often?" The same genre all the time. Oh, it's going to sound really sad now. Classical music. That's what I listen to when I'm doing my work. I listen to music without words right, well, well, because the, it, the, the I feel a little the, bit. The, the category was to get pumped. So, well, what, I don't listen what, to get pumped. What? What did? What, I don't know if you listen to music anymore when right. you're trying. I, I, no, I, I still, I still listen to a, a bit every so like in the shower. So I put let, it on. Let's, let's let's just go straight into your top five most recent artists. Because uh, we, we, we both, me and Dan, earn enough money to pay for Spotify. I know. I, I can't believe I have a Spotify account. I literally. <laughs> We um, right on here, top five at the moment. Oh you god, I can't believe I'm saying this out loud. Okay, um, so number one is uh, Jay Z and Rihanna, "Run This Town." It's a pretty good song actually. I, can't, I think that's a good song. That's, that's a good one to get pumped up to. There we go. Then I've got Calvin Harris, and I've got Calvin Harris. So there's two Calvin Harris songs, <laughs> not Calvin, um, not the same song twice or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, um, sure. And then it's a song by someone called Wet Paint called "Gold Lights." Okay. Anyone cool. heard this? One <laughs> That's a pretty like. Dan clearly has no idea that we're meant to pay licensing fees for these, but um, yeah. Oh, you can't tell that. <laughs> no. um, and then, the, and then, unfortunately, the fifth one, uh, which I'm gonna, I've got to say what it is because otherwise, um, I wouldn't be, um, I wouldn't be truthful to you guys. Is unfortunately Justin Bieber. Jesus, just hearing me all over the Yeah, what, what do you mean by Justin Bieber? <laughs> um, and that's my top five on Spotify. It's on, just on my playlist, anyway, that I've got. Um, okay. And then I've got Calvin Harris again, a bit of Chasing Status, um, a guy called uh, Wide Awake. That's pretty good. A lot of the music on my playlist is actually from the, from the videos that we've done, we've had done. That okay. the the that Gus has done for okay. us, yeah. and we've managed to get it from back. there. Yeah, and, it, and, yeah that, and, it, and it's really nice listening to on the way to the gym because we do get a bit of that. Because it's again for us, it's emotional for a certain point in time when we were like, and we think of the video and we listen to it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really am not uh, a music person, really. As All you can right. tell, I've Justin Bieber on my playlist. So. so yeah, last last five bands. I'm not going to go into songs because I generally go in terms of moods. And I was just at a gig last weekend, so I get like. New appreciation for bands, clearly, that you start listening to. So, um, I've been listening to Disturbed. I like getting pumped to them. Generally, all sound the same, though. I will quite happily say that. They're all songs that are of class. Um, Five Finger Death Punch, which are just heavy, heavy shit. Um, Kill Switch Engage, which is heavy screaming again. They do a really cool cover of uh, Holy Diver. Which is uh, Dan would actually know that song if he knows. Um, I've been listening to actually a lot of rap lately when I train. So, but it's not exactly like normal rap. It's um, I guess a little more underground. So, um, check go check out a guy called Yellow Wolf, which is cool. He does a lot of and he does a lot of stuff with Travis Barker, uh, who's the drummer from Blink One Eight Two. I listen to him, so he has his own projects and. And Steve Aoki is 
Oh, I recognise that name. That's yeah, all right. Yeah, I saw he, I saw him out in Ibiza once. Yeah, we go. He's a little bit. Yeah, he mixes stuff. So, but he also mixes a big range of stuff. He's done a bit of stuff with Yellow Wolf and those guys. So, I have border like thrash metal, screaming, to a little bit of rap. Yeah, that's what gets us pumped. Top five. Mm. Good. Uh, yeah, I think that's the. If you had to pin me down to a genre, it probably would be like dance. Like drum and bass or something like that. Like I have been to Ibiza. If you put me to a genre, it'd probably be dance. Yeah, great. Okay. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. All right, let's move on to uh, our regular segment. Stupid things on the internet. Right, we've already alluded to what we're probably going to be talking about. Um, yeah. So let's get it out. Let's get it out of the way. So I think it's been shared by a multiple amount of people. Um, is we're not we're not going after Joe Joe Jupe Joe Wicks. He's just on TV the hell of a lot because it's January. Um, this will be um, yeah, it's January. So yeah, it's not whatever. it's not so much the post, is it? And it's not even having no, to go to Joe Wicks. Nothing, nothing to do with that. It's just it's stuff right. we already know. Basically, we already know, and we I think we've we've bordered on this kind of topic before as well. It's just but it seems it seems to be growing in stature of basically mis mis ill informed commenters who will quite happily speak out of their asses without anything. It's almost like he's got like, and since the last time we spoke about him, I know last time we were, you know, that look, he's getting more people involved and active and all this sort of stuff, which which at the time, you know, we agree with, but looking now, Jesus Christ, he's created like a cult. Like these people are just (laughs) like vicious with their comments and like, they know nothing. Um, They literally know nothing. And it's going to take a long time for them to ever come around to it. But some of the comments on these posts are insane they are from people who who are so misinformed by this guy now who and i didn't realize to, to that extent that they were that misinformed um i don't know why i assumed that there was some kind of again portion control on these things but it was about basically one of his recipe recipes in his book that came out to like a thousand calories um and it was um yeah for one person cheesy chorizo and something like that yeah. And um, and the argument was like quite a couple of the arguments were like oh yeah but this is on his this is for us this is for those people that are working out and they need to replace the calories so that they get the benefit from the workout and like yeah. well firstly it's called lean in fifteen like <laughs> lean um, so I don't care what you're talking about everyone wants to lose weight on it um, but secondly like my question to that person was um, doesn't body fat contain calories isn't that the whole point like. Yes, you might need to replenish the calories, but your body stores a lot of calories in body fat. Anyway, um, and some of the comments, I mean, a calorie isn't a calorie. Well, a calorie is a calorie. <laughs> Big time. Bum, bum, bum. Um, it, it, you know, and, and there was one guy on there who was like, I don't usually get into these kind of arguments and these discussions, but I just can't hold my tongue any longer. You lot need to understand a calorie isn't a calorie. This has been proven time and time again. I suggest you do your research uh, and then link to a book by Gary Taubes. I was Yay. like, such a fucking. <laughs> and I was like, you can't come in here and say I'm not leaving a reply. You don't need to do your research and post a book uh, from a journalist who doesn't know what he's talking about. He gets owned every time he has a debate on this subject. Um, and I, I have to say, like all the people, all the evidence-based practitioners that I'm aware of in the industry and, and kind of like associate with and I'm in groups with, all started commenting on these posts, and it struck me that. Five percent of the comments were like, "Yes, calories do matter. Calories do count." Ninety-five percent of the comments were, "You don't know what you're talking about. Like, this is healthy. KFC. Who would eat KFC and lose weight? It's impossible. Shouldn't happen. It's it's horrible." And like, all the posts. None of the point was that KFC is healthier. It was just KFC has five hundred calories. This Joe Wicks man has a thousand. Think about what you're eating. Yeah. Like, it wasn't like a eat KFC over Joe Wicks. It I mean, was literally. Like- like one of them was literally, yeah. If if it was, it would come back to me. If you eat the KFC seven days a week, and then you eat this Joe Wicks's uh, chorizo meal seven days a week, and then come back to me, see if you gained weight. Like, yeah, of course, of course I do. I've, I've just eaten double the calories through my Joe Wicks like diet, so of course I'm going to gain weight. It's just maddening of uh, just people looking at numbers and just going, oh, this is bigger than that. Mm. It, it, I, it, and you know and it's the whole thing that all oh, these calories don't count and I was really close to um, had a conversation with, with Mike on, on WhatsApp about it when he posted it on his profile and um, it's really hard to not play the 
have you ever been in shape card? Like, did you, have you ever tried that? Like some of the comments from the people are, you know, they're, they're not in, in great shape and they follow Joe Wicks's plan. I'm like, Oh, it's all and good. But I know that we know, look, we know that just cause someone has abs and looks good that they, they know their shit. That's not true at all. But when you know your shit and you're in shape, you kind of feel like saying like, what more can I do? Like to prove to you that what I'm doing is right. And I, I know what I'm doing. Like, you're a keyboard warrior who it works in a bank who never studied nutrition in your life. You follow this Joe Wicks plan and you're telling me calories don't matter. And that, you know, that it doesn't matter about calories and that, you know, cause you're doing high intensity interval training, you can eat whatever you want. It's like, just shut up. But anyway, it just went on and on and it seems to have gone on for a week now. Um, just relentless comments from people who try and intuitively eat on a Joe Wicks plan. Good luck with that. <laughs> Um, yeah, come back to us in a year's time when you failed and you need some more help. If you calorie track on a Joe Wicks pan, you'd be, be fine. <laughs> Absolutely fine. <laughs> the food is great. Like I'm sure the recipes are awesome, but treat it as a recipe book. Book? Recipe book. book? <laughs> Not a fucking, yeah, get fit book. Um, that is kind of, and so, and bordering off that, uh, Rakesh uh, poked on like posted on the group the uh, Mike Israel uh post about to be fair, oh god. Um just realised that uh certain Mr. Ferratinos has uh, posted on there as well. Um but I'm not fans of that guy. Um <laughs> so yeah he he did to, to be fair to Mr. Naudi functional pattern sling movement, I'm a Homo sapien running man. Aguilar, um, and we actually we posted the uh, the little poll in our group, and there was actually some Naudi lovers in there, um, which I'm pretty sure I've done a rant about Naudi Aguilar before. I must have done. Yeah, we have. We talked about before. Yeah, I must, yeah. Uh, maybe I've not mentioned his name, but functional patterns. Yeah, um, it was. He did kind of make fun. He he kind of went at him for. I don't. Maybe they've gone at him for a reason before, but um, he was just saying where functional patterns comes in for hilarious training videos. Um, yeah, <laughs> it was it was a it was a rant about uh, functional training. So best form of functional training, program designed specifically for your needs. Yep, that's functional. Best form of general functional training is strongman. Best form of general functional training for all round fitness is CrossFit. And then the, where does functional patterns come in? Hilarious training videos. Um, yeah. So I've I've watched some of Naudi's stuff. Um, I've got to admit. Um, being a, he is he classes himself as a biomechanist, and I would like to class myself as a biomechanist as well. Um, yeah, I've got a master's degree in it, so I'm going to go through that route. And mm. where the <laughs> he only splits everybody's basically splits everybody up into his ideology, and it's just there's nothing wrong with what he does. Um, the training is valid; it will work to get you where he thinks you should be um, in terms of throwing and pat, like jumping and all this stuff and contralateral. He, he says contralateral motion a hell of a lot um, because he believes everything should be um, running and rotation. Do you know what that means? I'm not too sure, um, but we covered it on a podcast before, so all our listeners do. Um, so he tries to get sling patterns in motion, which is cool. Like It's never going to get you that strong, I, I can guarantee it. Um, but it'll, it'll get you fitter. And all of his training will get you fitter from a basic level, for sure. And you can get more agile, I guess, and add a little height onto your jumps if you're concerned onto that. Which is what he talked about in one of his other... Like, he put some dumbbells on the floor, put his... And he started talking about um, kind of negative training on a counter-movement jump. He couldn't He did, couldn't remember the word counter-movement, though. He let's it down phase a hell of a lot. Um, <laughs> and that was a sponsored post as well. It got a lot of views. Um, but he, he is just, there's nothing wrong with his training. He's just the most horrible man. <laughs> on, yeah. It's, it's like, it's, we, we spoke about it, didn't we? We said like, you know, like each, each I, I, you know, each to their own kind of thing. Like I don't mind, like if he wants to do his training in a different way, that is just ludicrous, but you know, that's neither here nor there. Um, it's like we said before, before coming on, it's the argument between like, you know, high carb or low carb well do whatever you prefer but like don't don't then say that everyone that does the opposite is an idiot or doesn't know what they're talking about or anything like that but yeah. it's the comments it's the way that he is so uh, he must be bipolar or something because he's very like just aggressive and I've, I've got no no issue with people saying oh you don't like his training or whatever you'd be right i don't um and i don't <laughs> to be honest by reading all the comments and even guys that have, i've actually started to gain a little bit more respect from have 
yeah, have commented on here. Like guys, even, like Phil Lerney's calling him out on this 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 post as well, and it's like it's absolutely crazy. And he, it, it was just literally all these big guys saying, just dude, just be quiet. Like stop <laughs> stop biting so much and attacking everybody, calling them like swearing at them and just saying you're beta males and all this kind of stuff. You're on roids. Yeah. Yeah, this isn't functional and this stuff is. It's only functional for the function you want to use it for. So Wow, else, some of these comments. They're just absolutely not bored. I don't think you should repeat them, to be honest, but go have a look. Go If you're in our listener pop, um, group, go click on the link for Mike Isatel's uh, functional training uh, posted by our good friend uh, Rakesh. Yeah, but wow. that was our stupid things on the internet. Ill-informed and angry comments. Um on the literally wow though. i was a bit quiet then because i was just reading them literally reading like reading, oh it's frightening <laughs> it's... it is quite frightening isn't it there's i'm sorry as a fitness professional that you wanted people to work with you fair enough he's got a good following and people like his training that's cool um i'm, I'm sure he earns a lot of money from it but i'd, I'd like to say that how we conduct ourselves online should portray how we conduct ourselves in life as well and just trying to get mm-hmm. that well across. So we get really angry about certain stuff, and I'm sure if we talked about it in person with somebody, we'd get as angry as on the podcast. But <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, it's just a bit nuts. But cool. I think that was uh, it's a nice hour-long episode, mate. So we should probably Jesus. call it there. <laughs> Let's call it, yeah. Jesus. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, awesome. Uh, thanks, guys. We're, yeah, we're smashing some, like, first... Compared for the first month we we set out, obviously a year ago, uh, this is our thirteenth month in, doing really well. Uh, keep it going. Chuck some reviews on there. Yeah, let's pump us up those charts a little bit more. Yeah, um, chuck some reviews, but also share it with your friends. Like, let's get more <laughs> people listening. Like, I know we're really bad at the self promotion thing, and that's been highlighted to us recently because <laughs> someone last reviewed the podcast in like twenty fifteen. We didn't fucking didn't yeah. even have it, but it's it seems like a long time ago. So yeah. We've got quite a few people in our community group. We know that you guys are listening. There's quite a few of you. So we'd really appreciate it if you do like the podcast to review it uh, and to share it and to tell your friends and to any posts we share we, we put out that you think are good, maybe share them with your friends and tag them in, in it if you think they should listen and um, anything like that. It'd be just, it's just good to, to help spread the information and we can help more people. Yes, perfect. Awesome. All right, thanks for listening, guys. Awesome. We'll catch you next week. Catch you later.